The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports daily NFL podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. If you're listening to the podcast, it's Thursday, October 20th. Happy birthday, mom. You guys can say happy birthday, Mrs. Brinson. Happy birthday, happy Mrs. Birthday, Brinson. Mrs. I know Brinson. you're not listening because you don't listen to your son's stuff. So I, I, I don't blame her. That's Pete Prisco, mom. You you know him. And you love him. Uh, my parents do love you, actually, Pete. Uh, and RJ White joining me. Of course, if you're watching, if you're excuse me, if you're listening to the podcast, it's actually Friday, October 21st. I'm wrong. If you're, if you're watching the podcast live on YouTube, it's Thursday, October 20th. Um, anywho, it's my mom's birthday. So happy birthday to my mom. Um, wonderful woman. Pete Briscoe, RJ White. What's up, fellas? We got some best bets to do. Uh, really, we're going to try and keep this quick. So I don't even know why we bothered recapping last week at all. Like, it's just <laughs> maybe, maybe we should just think last week, wrap it up in toilet paper and throw it in the toilet. Indeed. Not a good week for anybody. Um, uh, it was a good week for uh, a charity because the Jets won. And Brady Quinn gave a thousand dollars. Dom, Dom, Dom in the chat points out um, he wanted to say thank you and please tell Brady thank you for the donation to Give of Lifehouse. If he finds a donor, they will have to stay somewhere like that because they'll be out of state. So good, good for uh, good for the Jets for uh, hopefully making a difference and Brady for being the guy who uh, absorbs the financial cost of it. They're two yeah. since he made the proclamation. He'll give a thousand dollars for every win they have, Pete. Huh? You know that you know they're two and zero since he made that. Yeah, yeah, I know. Is he going to keep paying? Is he keep going to keep playing uh, paying in the playoffs? I would assume. Wow, so. RJ with the Jets in the postseason. <laughs> I like it. Do you think they're the second best team in the AFC East? No, I don't either. Um, let's get to the games because we're supposed to go quickly. We'll see how that goes. We start. Yeah, we're not going to recap. We're just going to go straight to the games. We were so bad last week. We each had two wins, and we had a, all had a bunch of losses. I'm six games below 500. Pete is even at 500. RJ, four games above 500. Colts of the Titans, a couple of 500-ish teams battling it out 
for the uh, AFC South, which has suddenly become, I mean, like the Colts to to get right back in it. If they want it, they are my the Titans, excuse me, are at home. They are minus two and a half, a total of 42. That has dropped a bit. We're playing at 42 and a half. Uh, Derek Henry quietly just absolutely destroying, destroying the, uh, the the AFC South in 16 games since 2019, 24.4 carries per game, 137.4 yards per game, and 21 touchdowns in that same span against Indianapolis, 23.6 carries per game, 113 yards per game, and six touchdowns. Pete, does Derrick Henry destroy the Colts on Sunday in, in Nashville? Well, I don't know if he destroys them, but but he'll he'll have another good day. And they physically beat them up. They really do. I did like what the Colts did last week against Jacksonville by shuffling the offensive line. It actually looked okay. You know, they moved prior from right tackle to, to right guard. Braden Smith went back to right tackle. They put Dennis Kelly in at left tackle. At one point, he played pretty well. So uh, I think their line looked better. But I, I would lean to the Titans here. I don't love this game, but I, I would lay the Titans minus the points. And I know RJ has a teaser on this, and I, I, I kind of like the way he went with it. And he didn't allow any sacks against Jacksonville for the first time all year. So it does seem like they're figuring something out with that offensive line, which is the big Achilles heel we've seen all season. Matt Ryan finally had a blow-up game, it felt like, throwing all those passes. But he's actually been pretty solid in three of the last four statistically. You know, But, but to do the eye check, I don't think he's played as well as the stats would indicate in those games. But um, he hasn't been a total disaster like he was at the very beginning of the year. Tennessee's defense, 31st in yards per play, but 32nd against the pass. So I think if Indy comes into this game sticking with the game plan of throw, throw, throw like they did against Jacksonville, even if they're getting their running backs healthy, I think it benefits them if they do that, especially if they're not confident in the offensive line after all they're rejiggering that. Um, Indy's D gashed by the Jacksonville rush offense, but they're typically solid. They're ninth in yards per play on the season. Tennessee's, Tennessee's offense only 28th in yards per play, um, but they do very well when they get to the red zone. They convert like over 90% of their red zone trips uh, into touchdowns. So if they can get to the red zone enough, they should score points. I think Indy will keep scoring points. Even though the total's coming down, I would lean to the over. Power rating say Tennessee should be minus four, but I'm kind of like more leaning to Indy the way they're playing. And at two and a half, it's a perfect teaser number. So I teased Indy up to plus eight and a half. Yeah, I, I like that better than my best bet of Tennessee. I, I just think we're going to get a Derrick Henry explosion game. Um, you know, Shaquille Leonard trending towards coming back, which is a little more concerning. But we do, we haven't really – I mean, we've gotten some good Derrick Henry games. We just haven't gotten that like – like all of a sudden, you know, it's like you're, you know, if you're, let's say you're watching Red Zone and it's like Scott Hanson's like, well, let's cut to, uh, let's cut to Tennessee and see what uh, Derrick Henry's up to. And all of a sudden he, you know, rips off a, you know, a 75 yard. So uh, you think he has 150 this week? Yeah. Wow. 150 okay. and like two or three touchdowns, I think. Wow. I, I don't know. It's a gut feeling. I mean, I could be, could be wrong. No, I think he's going to have a good game too. I just don't know if he's going to get to 150. Oh, I, I, I don't think he's going to get there. I think he's going to get there by virtue of like one or two big pops where he, you know, you, you know, when you, he, he looks like a freaking steamroller when he gets around the corner and, and, and all of a sudden he's heading downhill and just nobody can get in front of him. I like Tennessee to cover the game. I just, I, I just, I think RJ played at the right. I would probably lean to taking the eight and a half. Uh, yeah. That, yeah. That sounds way more appealing than picking yeah. these teams to cover the two and a half. Uh, RJ's uh, typically a smarter, better than, than I am, which I'm not afraid to admit, uh, so I got a best bet on Tennessee. Uh, it's it's I mean, it's not really a process. It's more like I think Derrick Henry's just going to go off on Sunday and have a huge game. Bucks at the Panthers. Bucks minus eleven, over under forty and a half. My mother, whose birthday it is today, called me yesterday and said, "I need." She goes, "I have a question." I was like, "Oh boy, 
she goes, what? She was like, I was like, is this like a heavy question or a light question? She was like, oh, for you, it'd be light. It's like, oh, what? She goes, what should I watch when we go see Tom Brady play on Sunday? They've, my parents have never seen Tom Brady play in a football game, and they're going to get to go see probably his last game ever in uh, North Carolina. What would you watch, Pete, if you were going to see Tom? What would you tell my mom to watch, to look for if she was going to watch Tom Brady? I said pocket movement and the quickness with which he gets the ball out. I'd say watch him on the sideline screaming at his offensive lineman. I almost told her that, actually. Even though, even though he went to a wedding on a Friday night and didn't take part in his walkthrough. That's a bad look for Tommy Brady. I'm sorry. He shouldn't but, have done it. But actually, you know, it came out later that um, that everyone who went didn't know it was a wedding until they got there. So he yeah. just went to a party for Bob Kraft. It's it's he shouldn't have done. And look, it's Belichick did it, didn't it go. Impact, did it really impact the way he played? No, but what it impacts is the look. He already got away with getting ten days off during training camp. Nobody else did. So now, if you're t- you're you're a player on that team and you have Brady doing that, well, why can't I do it? You know, if you're Mike Evans, hey, I think I'm going to take Friday night. I'm going to go fly somewhere and not take part in the walkthrough and meet you at the game. How about that? I mean, it's just not a good look for the team. So I didn't like it. Having said all that. Carolina's offense is putrid no matter who plays quarterback. The design is bad. Ben McAdoo's bad. It's a bad offense. Uh, I think Tampa Bay will get refocused here, even though back-to-back road games. I'll take Tampa minus the points. I don't love it, but I would take the Bucs. Tampa's offense has no excuse for its sleepy performance versus a banged up Pittsburgh defense last week. Their offense is now 24, 21st in yards per play. We're going to talk about Green Bay in a bit and how their offense probably looks looks pretty bad to us and, and not like it usually is. That's four, There's four spots higher than Tampa. So we need to talk more about how Tampa's offense just does not look like it should. Um, they can't run the ball 32nd in yards per play there. Carolina's offense, like you said, just as bad against the Rams as usual. Um, but they almost backdoor covered with Jacob Eason, their, their fourth quarterback. I guess if you want to throw Sam Darnold in as the second or third. Um, so they almost covered that game too. I think on this line, Carolina is probably the against the spread play, even as NFL's worst team, um, considering Tampa hasn't looked that good, but I don't want to do it. My best bets here on under 40 and a half. That seems safer with how both these offenses are playing. I think for the the listeners, the better play is to take the Carolina under 14 and a half, but that's at minus, one, minus 135 on, on Caesars. And I didn't want to throw a minus 135 pick into our little little chat since we don't are, do juice. Are we allowed to do team totals? Yeah, we can do team totals, but you want to make them you know, minus 120, some, somewhere close to around where we usually bet. But minus 135 seemed a little little cheating, a little uh, hedging toward a, um, taking something that's a little too high. So I would go play Carolina under 14 and a half, but my best bet for the show is under 40 and a half overall. You, you can't take the Panthers. You just, I mean, like like everything about this game says eleven catching 11 points at home, you're theoretically upgrading at quarterback. Um I don't know. I guess that's like it. Um, maybe you're showcasing Christian McCaffrey. Like the Panthers are the worst team in football, and it's it's not really even close. I don't think. Uh, you know they they fired their head coach, um, fired their defensive coordinator. Well, they don't throw the ball down the field ever. There's no plays designed for it. I know they have a bad offensive line, but you got to try. McAdoo's not great. <laughs> they stink, man. They're the worst team in football. They're bad. Have you? Um, Yeah, but I'll, I'll, I'll ask you this. I heard a rumor. Ross, I'll, I'll ask you about the rumor offline. I don't know. The, Panthers, the Panthers are going to stay in Carolina, right? Yeah, no, they're staying. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you have a you have a wealthy, wealthy, wealthy owner who can do whatever he wants, and he's not getting what he wants there, supposedly. So, 
Right. St. Louis Panthers. I mean, the London Panthers. I always go back to I always go back to a story that I told, and I'm going to name drop here when I had a conversation with Pete Rozelle way back in the day. And that is a name drop, not, right? And he was no you longer. Just, the, you just go two generations back of NFL commissioners. He was no longer the commissioner of the uh, NFL, and he said, "I want to tell you something right now." It's during the expansion process, the lead up to trying to get Jackson was trying to get a team, and he said, "Everything this league does from here on out will be dictated by stadiums." I said, "Everything." He goes, "Super Bowls, expansion teams, movement, all dictated by stadiums." And if you go back and look, that man was spot on. Every single one of them was dictated. All the Super Bowls being awarded, they're all dictated by stadiums. Well, that is... 30 years ago now. Sure. And he's 100% correct. Now, um, I was asked about that possibility with the Carolina Panthers. And my response was that David Tepper has already had one public battle with a a municipality. uh, Yeah, down in Spartanburg. Rock, Rock Hill, not Spartanburg, but Rock, Rock Hill, yeah, yeah. So yeah. right across, right across the border. Like you know, like you can hit, in, you can hit a nine iron, maybe for the you know five iron Pete, but uh, <laughs> you can, uh, you you you, <laughs> you can get there pretty quickly. Point being is that uh, he wants to upgrade Bank of America Stadium. It needs upgrading. It's going to be tough to get public money for it, and the fastest way to sort of twist the arm of the, you know, of a, of a, a bureaucracy is to threaten to le- take the football team and leave. And if you got $16 billion, you can set up shop anywhere you want. So, well, I mean, I, London isn't feasible. I don't care what they say about that. It's not, it, I, I think the pandemic changed how the NFL was thinking of approaching. Like you can't, you can't have a team in London. It just can't do it. But, but so RJ, you mentioned St. Louis, but they'd have to upgrade the stadium. Right. Well, I mean, that's the thinking is that he'd he'd be more willing to pay some of it than than Kroenke was, but that's just me just. I mean, what other cities are possibilities? That's the question. Raleigh. Oh, he's going to have to change the name. Just move him up. Going to go to a smaller city. Give me a break. I'm just kidding. All right, let's move on. This nobody cares about the Panthers. Enjoy the game, mom. (laughs) (laughs) Falcons at the Bingo. Hey, look, you get to watch. You never see Tom Brady play. You get to see Tom Brady play. That's how I'm spelling it to her. Uh, San Antonio. What's that? San Antonio? Possibly. They'd have to upgrade their stadium too, though. Right. I mean, but they could temporarily play in, in temporarily play in the Alamo Dome and yeah. build something on the outskirts. Like Texas needs another football team. Um oh yeah. Oh actually, you know what? I did have the Buccaneers. I'm taking the Buccaneers are the best bet out of principle because the Panthers stink. Like the Panthers are trash. So give me a Buccaneers minus eleven. Falcons at the Bengals. Bengals minus six and a half, over under forty seven and a half. Uh, Cincinnati finally got it going offensively in a big, big way. I was, I really wish this game was in Atlanta because then the, um, the, uh, then the, the Burrow and chase combo would be like going back and running like an old tour of the, the stadiums where they played in on their run to win the national title. Cause they obviously played the sec championship game, uh, there Falcons are second in rush attempts in the league, third in yards per game, rushing the Bengals just a little bit below average in terms of rush defense, DVOA. Falcons not very good in terms of stopping the pass. Could we see a lot of points here, Pete? Or uh, you like anything else in this game? Well, I do think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I like that, but I I didn't put it in. I also like the Bengals. I think this is a, a bad spot for the Falcons coming off. Uh, they played well last week, coming off what was a big win for them. But now you got to go out and face that offense that's getting it cranked up. Here's the other thing: the Bengals have what played four of their six on the road. This is you know 
they're not used to being at home, but I, so I think it's going to be a nice change for them. I think Burrow and gang will get it going. I, I'll take the Bengals minus the points. Atlanta's offense is top 10 in pass yards per play and rush yards per play, but they're more interested in running the ball, obviously, even with injury to, to Patterson. It seems like they want to be a run-first offense. That's good against Cincy because their defense is much worse against the run where they're 20, 30 yards per play than pass. Um, so it's an ideal matchup, I think, for Atlanta. Cincy's pass offense, though, should have success against Atlanta's defense, 32nd in sack rate. So if you ever need a get-right spot for an offensive line that's had its issues this year, it seems like Atlanta's the team you want to do it against. Atlanta's had 23-plus points in five of their six games. They only missed out against an elite Tampa Bay rush defense. And as I said, since he isn't at that level. So my best bet is over 47 and a half. I think both these teams will be able to do what they want to do and score. Yeah. I've got the, uh, Oh, I've got the over two is a best bet over 47. Wow. And a half. Copy yeah, have, paper again. Or yeah, I put mine all, all mine in the document before, uh, before I'd like to change, change my pick, please. I, I, I think it's a great, I don't blame you. <laughs> I'm done. I'm right. Out. Um, <laughs> The uh, this is the Burrow and the Bengals and that offense and I think I looked and it's going to be like a really nice day in Cincinnati like seventy eight and sunny Burrow's be chucking it around against this Falcon secondary they can't cover anybody Jamar Chase uh, I think I, I told I pointed this out on a previous uh, pod this week but Jamar Chase is like sixty six to one for offensive player of the year I think it's a pretty good look given that we've seen him have these explosive games. He can, he, you know, we know these voters are small minded, uh, recency biased, uh, you know, unintelligent people. I, I don't know any of them personally, but, uh, you know, they're, they're easily swayed they, by somebody. They are swayed. They're, there's a big group you can sway. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, the, I mean, Pete is a voter for all these awards, by the way. But Jabbar Chase, like, if the Bengals win that division and get a high seed and he has a monster year, and we saw him have a monster second half of the season last year, um, yeah, you never know. I think 66 and one is a pretty good number. They've but. learned to deal with the double and the, and the playing off coverage. They had an adjustment to that early in the season. They've adjusted well to it. And I think that's going to be the biggest difference going forward. Points galore here. I like uh, would, would you start Kyle Pitts or uh, Taysom Hill in fantasy? Knowing that this is Thursday afternoon when I'm asking this. No, not much help for the podcast listeners. Uh, Taysom. Hmm. Yeah, Kyle Pitts would be very disappointing. Maybe he finally gets it going in this game. We both like the over there. Browns at Ravens. There's a lot of big spreads this week. Ravens minus six and a half over under 45 and a half. The Ravens have had double digit leads in all six games this year. They're the 40th team in NFL history to do that. But the first one ever to do so without having a winning record. They're 18 and five all time at home against the Browns. These are two of the top seven scoring teams in the NFL and two of the top six teams in terms of yards per rush. Pete, can the Ravens hold on to a friggin' lead for once? Yes, they will. And this is going to be a, a fun game to watch. Uh, both defenses stink. I mean, the Ravens have gotten a little bit better on the defensive side of the ball. The Browns' defense is awful. I mean, Bailey Zappi, give me a break. I mean, they're terrible on that side of the ball all year long. It's been a major problem. Uh, a lot of players aren't playing up to expectations, and, and I think that shows week in and week out. Uh, I think Baltimore will be the play here. I take Baltimore minus the points. I think they get that offense going again. Look, Lamar Jackson made a they went up and down the field. They outgained the Giants by 200 yards. They should have won that game. Uh, this time around, they will win the game. I'll lay the points minus the six and a half. 
Yeah, with that domination statistically against the Giants in a game they lost, like they just can't close games for whatever reason. It feels like they're due for a blowout win, so I'm also a best bet on Baltimore, minus six and a half. Um, let, I think their inability to not close games is less of an issue against Cleveland pass offense. It's 24th in yards per play. Cleveland has to play from ahead if they get behind. I don't trust Jacoby Brissett at this point. Um, regardless of what he did early in the season, I don't trust him at this point to rally back. Um, Baltimore's offense, third in yards per play, first in rush yards per play. You're talking about how they're a good run team up against an awful Cleveland defense that, that like, as you said, is bad overall, 28th overall in yards per play. Um, so I think Baltimore gets ahead, stays ahead, and covers the six and a half. So I got that as the best bet, too. I tend to lean towards the Browns, I mean, towards the Ravens as well, uh, but I like the over in this one. I'm going to, I'm like, I'm like turbo. I, I, there better be a lot of points this week because I got a bunch of overs, um, which is probably a bad sign for my bets to take a bunch of overs. Don't care. Um, this, we've seen these two teams really like you have, you can score on the Ravens. And you can score on the Browns. We, you know, we saw, like you said, Pete Bailey's happy to let him up. Uh, Lamar Jackson has a huge now. Now this over, by the way, is not contingent for these best bets, but I, I, for the purposes of like actually wagering on it, make sure Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews are playing in the game because they are both uh, listed as. I don't know if they were listed as questionable on Wednesday, but they were. Um, they were don't not. Play. They, they're they're going to play, but just I mean, if you're if you're betting on the game. Don't bet it over and then find out that Lamar Jackson and, and Mark Andrews are are, are not going to play. I would guess that they're probable or even off the injury report um, come Friday, you would hope. Uh, but but if they if they go and you know, I, I think again, I think they will. I expect a bunch of points in this game. I like the over forty five and a half. Nick Chubb will pop off a couple of runs. Ravens will have a couple of deep shots on the field. Lots of points. Ravens maybe cover. Maybe hold on to a double digit lead. We'll see. I'll take the over forty five and a half. Giants at the Jaguars. The Giants and the Bills are the only two teams in the NFL through six weeks to hold every single opponent under 24 points. Pretty impressive. The Giants win. A Giants win in this game would match their, their most wins in the season over the last six years, which is wild. Uh, the Jaguars are one of 14 teams with a positive point differential and the only one with a losing record. Dexter Lawrence kind of having a breakout season, four sacks, including a sack in three straight games. Giants dead last in the NFL in rush yards allowed. Pete, can the Jaguars write the ship that is getting a little shaky here? They will write the ship. Hmm. And this is a great spot if you're Jacksonville. Because the Giants are coming off a win that kind of gives them some validity. And they're feeling good about themselves. And they shouldn't have won the game. I mean, they got dominated in that game. Now they're going to go to Jacksonville. And the one thing the Giants do really well, run the ball. One thing the Jaguars do on defense, they stop their run. They're bad against the pass because Shaq Griffin can't cover anybody. Um, but I think you you can limit what they do on the ground. I think Jacksonville will be able to move the ball on them. And so I'm going to take Jacksonville minus the points as one of my best bets. It's such a weird line considering how really? many wins the Giants are stacking. Um, and that tells you the market does not believe in the Giants. And the Giants are finding ways to win despite an offense as 30th and pass yards for playing 31st in sack rate. They're not playing well offensively and they're getting wins. Um, the run game has been a major factor, like you're saying. Jacksonville's defense, third in rush yards per play, so they match up well there. Um, Giants' defense struggles to stop the run. Jacksonville's offense just had 20, 243 rush yards. My power ratings have this game around Pickham, so it says jump all over the Giants. But it feels like a trap game, and I'm kind of leaning on the on the Pete side, though I, I'm not. I don't want to lay the three, so I lean to the Giants at this number. And honestly, I'm kind of hoping it gets bet down, and everybody wakes up and says, "Why are the Giants, you know, underdogs in this game?" Bets it all the way down to like one or something, and then I might go Jacksonville. Yeah, I got the Jaguars are the best bet too. And I mean, it's I mean, I, I, I I've been all over the Jaguars this year. 
I, I think Jacksonville is a better team than what we've seen the last couple of weeks. They're at home, and it is a good spot, Pete, because I, I, I think everyone is going to bet the Giants. I think you're going to see most people pick the Giants in this spot. Brian Dable's done a heck of a job coaching this team up. You know, they, like I said, you know, they, they have been, they have every, they're the only team in the NFL this year where all six of their games have been one score or, or less, like eight points or less. They are and and that's not to criticize them. It's, it's, it's impressive that they keep all these games close and they find ways to stack these wins, but it does mean that you're sort of, you know, a little bit smoke and mirrorsy in terms of how you're, in terms of how you're getting these W's. I think this could be a big time Travis Etienne and or James Robinson spot because of the Giants' inability to By stop. By the way, it's uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, Trayvon Walker, Kayvon Thibodeau. Oh, Walker. good point. Trayvon Walker, he doesn't rush the passer very well. Yeah, he's going to get better. He's going he's he's to get to run there. Who needs to learn how to rush the passer. Every single move is straight into the stomach of the offensive tackle, whereas Thibodeau has the – Thibodeau's, I, I Thibodeau's coming nasty. Out, I, you know I had Thibodeau as my number one pass rusher, but um, I'll be curious to see how this plays out. Thibodeau's nasty. He's going to be really good. Yeah, I think Trayvon Walker would be good too. He will be, but I, I would take Thibodeau. Be a great pass rusher. Yeah, he, if he can, don't you think it's easier to learn to be a good pass rusher than to learn to be a good player against a run? Yes. Yeah. No. You, no. No. Other way. Natural is being. It's, you're naturally a physical football player. You're going to be good against the run. Mm. Uh, if you're, you got to learn the move. I mean, he's a power player. And he just runs right into the t- chest of the tackle every play. Well, better show up this week because. You got you can look like a fool. Make make Trent Balky look like an idiot. Trent Balky's been quiet, hasn't he? Yeah, very quiet. Very, like really quiet. Yeah. Huh. It's hmm. probably a method to that madness. Interesting. All right. Let's take a break. We'll ponder Trent Balky's silence, and when we come back, we'll talk about a rematch, Super Bowl L I V next. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Chiefs minus two and a half at the 49ers over under 48 and a half. As I mentioned, Super Bowl LIV, Trey Lance is out. So Jimmy Garoppolo is in uh, it, our, our podcasts are, I think that's his title director of director of audio or director of some, I don't know what, I don't know what his title is. Junior director of audio podcast, Eric K complained about my revenge game narrative. And I said that it was simply to troll Pete. Like this is the only reason I bring up revenge games. This is 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 this a Jimmy Garoppolo revenge game hosting the Chiefs, the team that took out his his Super Bowl victory? It's got to to be a revenge game. It's got to be against your former team. No, it doesn't. Just need, In your world, like revenge on by any of it ever, anyways. Um, but no, this is look. This is an opportunity for Jimmy Garoppolo. The problem is his defense is banged up. I mean, really banged up. And and I think this is a great spot for the Chiefs. You know, one thing you notice when you watch the Chiefs last week. 
The Bills don't play a ton of man defense all the time. They played a lot last week. Why? They don't scare down the field anymore. Mm. And that's a problem. And, and I think the Tyree Kill stuff showed up a little bit last week. But this is a banged-up Niners team. I'm going to take the Chiefs minus the points on the road. Yeah, I like the Chiefs, too. At minus two and a half, I have it as a best bet. Their offense is great on third down and in the red zone, those situational um, situ- you know, plays where San Francisco's defense is just good despite being the number one overall defense. They're not like elite, elite in those levels. Um, if they don't get those pieces back, several pieces back on defense, I don't know if they slow Mahomes that much. Feels like the Chiefs D is struggling against the run just when you look at the last few games, but they are sixth in rush yards per play, so they may be able to shut down the run to an extent here and put the game in Jimmy G's hands um so with the line down to two and a half it seems like a teasable line where i want to go with the home dog tease them up to eight and a half but i'm more interested in backing kansas city at minus two and a half than teasing san francisco so i put kansas city in as a best bet (laughs) daniel cordero says uh bring back the parlay give the guys one more chance to prove themselves if they lose it's gone forever the guys will try harder knowing that it is on the line that is true we will try harder You'll do okay. one more parlay. Try harder than you normally do. I mean, it's the, the dumbest narrative I've ever heard. I had I wrote down this 49ers is a best bet, and I don't really think I like it. So what are you gonna do with it? I think I'm gonna get toss it. I'm gonna toss it. You're just, gonna what? I think I'm gonna toss it and just have one less best bet. I don't like okay. it, it. I it, this line stinks too, right? Report? Have you seen the update on their injury report by any chance? I know it's a, it's. I mean, because it's their defense is banged up. Yeah, they have uh, – let's see. Here if you like San Francisco initially, I mean, you should be teasing them at this number. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, ooh. Now, interestingly enough, um, no practice for Joe Tooney with his ankle injury. So that, I think that's notable. Um, Michael Harbin was good. Oh, my goodness gracious. That is a long list of uh, – Read them out. I mean, it's just amazing when you look at it. All right, Tyler, uh, see, here are the guys who are limited or did not practice. Nick Bosa, Drake Ch- Jackson, Trent Williams, Jimmy Ward, Traverius Tra- uh, Tra- Ward, Eric Armstead, Mike McGlinchey, uh, Samson Ibukam. 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 I always get his name wrong. Um, Trent Williams is limited practice, though. That's interesting. If he comes back, that's a big one. Yeah, but that, look at those defensive guys. You're talking of if yeah. Armstead, Bosa, Ward. The war, Ward the Wards and Bosa and Armstead. That's a problem. That's a lot. Could be a shootout. Yeah, you know what? Screw it. I'll take. Uh, yeah, you're right. All right, all right. I'll if I find another game I like to tease, I'll do that. Otherwise, I'll keep it out. I'll I'll let it, I'll I'll decide before we finish. Seahawks at the Chargers. Geno Smith. Oh, Geno Smith revenge game. Here, this is what this game. Is Chargers minus six over under fifty one. Go ahead. For anybody out there who is in, you know, Jamie Eisenberg does start of the week. Oh no, he didn't. No, he didn't do it. But I'm going to do it. If I was giving out a start of the week this week, it would be Kenneth Walker. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's going to run for 140 and two. And the Chargers can't stop. No matter what they do, they can't stop the run. They're like Green Bay. They bring all these new guys in, and they still can't stop the run. Kenneth Walker will run for a ton of yards. Seattle's going to hang around in the game. The Chargers will get theirs. They'll get points. You know, Keenan Allen's back. They'll get points. They don't throw the ball down the field, though. Does it really matter who's back? The design of their offense is awful for a guy with a big cannon of an arm. And so I think they'll limit what they do. They'll throw complete passes. But I think this is going to be a, a game where Kenneth Walker has a huge game, and I'm going to take Seattle plus the points as the best bet. 
Yeah, you're right about Walker. Uh, Chargers defense, 31st in rush yards per play. And I think having a good run game is going to help Geno in the past game too um, because they have to worry about Walker. Um, you say, well, Allen might be back. I think they have a bye next week. and He's been out for so long that I think they just hold him out for another two weeks. Um, Seattle's offense finally slowed down against Arizona, but being, like you said, Walker looking like a gem even in that game. And then I think the pass game will get going once he gets going against the Chargers. Seattle's D coming off a great day, but it's a much tougher test here against an elite passing game, even if Justin Herbert doesn't seem to be used to the, the fullest extent of his abilities in these games for whatever reason. Should be a lot of points. I would lean over 51 uh, or down. now it's down to 50. It seems like it's crashing down um so i think we'll get value here on the over but also lean seattle it's now at five and a half i'm not really playing in a five and a half but if you can get six um or maybe even six and a half like was earlier in the week i think that's a good play on the seattle side yep i like the seahawks uh and i, I love the over i have the over 51 as a best bet it's very annoying to take an over 51 and then you wait you know you the next day you do the podcast and it's just down to 50 but uh, it's great if you're betting it and you're listening to the show and you want to take the over because you're getting a free point there um i agree 100 with you on kenneth walker and I think I put that in my picks column. Like Kenneth Walker props are great here. Take like take the like it's when you when you ladder props is when you um like you basically take like if if his total sixty seven and a half rushing yards you take the you take that you take the over and then you take Kenneth Walker seventy five rushing yards Kenneth Walker ninety rushing yards Kenneth Walker hundred rushing yards and you start getting plus money and if he does pop off for a buck fifty and two all of a sudden you have a, a big big day on your hands. Um, I, I think he's a he's a fun runner to watch. He's going to get a, a heavy workload from the Seahawks. And then the, the reason I like the over, though, is because Seattle's defense can't stop anybody. And the Chargers, when you when you get them in a spot where they have to try to come back, are a much more explosive team than they are when they're sort of playing, uh, playing it tight. Justin Herbert will start cutting it loose. I think we see a ton of points in this game. Love the over in this spot. I, I also think the Seahawks are absolutely live to win. Wouldn't be shocked if Geno has a nice little game as well. But I think you're, I think you're right, Pete. I think they lean – on uh, on Kenneth Walker here. Steelers at the Dolphins Sunday night. The return of Tua Tagovailoa to Miami. He is first in the NFL in yards per passing attempt. Tyreek Hill is first in the in the NFL in receiving yards, and they're uh, and Tyreek and uh, Jalen Water are both top five in receiving yards. The Steelers have allowed thirty one plays of twenty plus yards this year, most in the NFL. How does Tua look when in his return as a seven-point favorite with a total of 45, Pete? Who knows? <laughs> I mean, do you know? I, I mean, no. he, could be, he could be out of that game early. You have no idea. I mean, that, that's the scary thing about him. But uh, I, I'm going to take the Steelers. I just think the points are too many. Um, and, and not because of the quarterback situation on either team, because there's questions about both of them. It's more of the Dolphins, both defenses aren't good. So if you're going to give me a touchdown, Miami's defense hasn't played well either. If you're going to give me a touchdown, uh, I'm going to take it. So I'll take the Steelers plus the points. I'm on the other side. I love the the Dolphins minus seven. Um, I thought the defense actually played well against Minnesota. Minnesota had nine of their 11 first downs on two drives, and they couldn't do anything else except for one long cook run to ice the game. And sure, Miami has those plays where where they're giving up a few big plays here and there, um, but they allowed 181 yards of offense aside from that cook run. Pittsburgh's offense, 32nd in yards per play, not explosive at all. Najee Harris running into the line for zero yards. I think you have to hope Kenny Pickett is able to play in this game to have a chance because I don't trust this offense with Trubisky. I love fading a team like Pittsburgh. Not very good coming off an upset win. Now they got to go on the road to a place that has a tough home field in prime time. Just seems like they're they're set up to have a stinker here. Uh, Miami's defense has kind of played above the stats in the past thanks to the 
via their ability to create turnovers. They don't look statistically like a good defense, but then they'll get turnovers. And I think they can get them here in this matchup. So with Miami finally getting their quarterback back, I don't think the line's adjusted enough. I think the line should be nine and a half. I'm not worried about him getting hurt, even if he does. I think Bridgewater does enough to cover this game and the and the Dolphins defense steps up here. So I like Miami minus seven as a best bet. Did you think about using the Dolphins in a teaser at all? At seven, no. Um, I, I want to get seven and a half, seven, seven and a half, eight, eight and a half on teasers. Okay, so yeah, in other words, like you're, you're willing to if lay. If TJ Watt play. was there, I'd really love the Steelers because Miami offensive line is putrid, by the way. Hmm. Yeah, I got nothing uh, in this game. I do think there's a chance for like sneaky points being scored. Um, you know, if uh, I guess, I mean, it's, uh, it, well, I mean, we'll see what happens with the Steelers quarterback situation. Um, I'm still bitter about them taking out the Buccaneers and ruining my survivor, one of my survivor leagues, but whatever. Um, Tyreek and Waddle, Tua, could be big games. A lot of explosive plays given up by the Steelers. Wouldn't be surprised. Bears of the Patriots, Monday night football. Patriots minus seven. And actually, this game, they might be up to like nine. Did I see that last night? Right? Are you on that line, Billy? Is it Patriots? I saw, eight. I saw um, the, um, the Westgate Super Contest put out. Somewhere. The Super Contest put out eight and a half as their line. So I think they're expecting to go up a little bit. Okay. Uh, well, we'll we'll see in a second. Billy gets it together. Come on, Billy. Uh, Patriots minus seven and a half is the line that we are utilizing. I see, yeah, I see a Pats minus eight. Uh, total down to 39 and a half. Yeah, seven and a half still on Caesars. I mean, look, I, I figured, by the way, I figured out who my teaser team is of the 49ers. Patriots. Well, that's, they're, in fact, they're my teaser team. Uh, I, hey, by the way, did you see what Belichick, do you see what Belichick did this week? Yeah, the, the long answer to the question about how good the Bears were. He named, like, every player on the roster. That's just vintage poor-mouthing. That's what that is. It's that, that's, that's him saying, I'm going to snuff you out and, 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 and slaughter you on Monday night to me. I like the Patriots as a team. I'm going to put them as part of my teaser. I have two teams in it, and I haven't revealed the other one yet because that's the come. But I'll take the Patriots as part of the teaser. Look, their defense played well last week. Um, I thought they did a nice job. Their offensive line's doing a really nice job suddenly, and, and because they're well coached, it's a well coached team. Tyquan Thornton adds a speed element to that offense, which they needed, and uh, uh, I think it helped open up the tight ends last week a little bit as well. So I'm going to take uh, the Patriots to just totally limit what the Bears do. Uh, I'll make it a first part of the teaser. I'll tease it down to one and a half. Second part of my teaser with Indy, teasing it down to one and a half. Also, the North New England defense has gotten run on by a few opponents, so I think Chicago offense could have success. So I still like him at seven and a half, but that makes me a little weary in case the Brown uh, Bears run game gets going. But if Chicago falls in a hole at all, New England's defense won't let him back in the game, putting it on, on Justin Fields to lead him back. Uh, New England's offense now eighth in yards per play and third in pass yards per play, despite Zappy playing half the games, showing he can get it done. Might not be him this week. It sounds like Mac Jones might be ready to return, so that should lift the line, I think, also, because I think you have to still upgrade them. Even though Zappies look good, you have to give New England an upgrade when they get Mac Jones back. Um, but Chicago doesn't seem as bad as as I thought earlier in the year. I probably will be looking to play them in some weeks coming up, but this is a very tough matchup for them. So I like New England here at 7.5, but definitely tease it down to 1.5. Yeah, I'm going to take the Pats minus 7.5 as the best bet, and also, uh, as I mentioned, make the Pats uh, minus 1.5 in the – 49ers plus eight and a half as part of a teaser. Look, Belichick doesn't do that very often. I mean, he came out and like pr- heaped praise on the Bears for being a great young team. Matt Eberflus's scheme, uh, the running game. He was talking about their special teams, everything they do well. Just, I mean, everything. He's like, oh, they just like li- listing every player on the roster. He was talking about how Dante Pettis is inc- is like a major factor in their kick return game. Like that is a guy who is who knows that the next four or five weeks can absolutely change the trajectory of the Patriots season. 
And he is going to, what did you call it? Poor mouthing? Poor mouthing. Yeah. Is that, is that like All just, coaches do it. Yeah. Well, you, you're just like, you're, you're hyping up a team that like you're saying stuff you don't believe. Well, yeah, like the- when we, and you want it to happen the other way. And so you use that like RJ, when he says the bills won't win the super bowl, the bills won't win the super bowl, the bills won't win the super bowl. And then it happens and he, it's, he's poor mouthing. Well, it's that, and they're statistically unlikely, even though they are the favorites, just because there's 31 other teams. But I think with with uh, the what Belichick's doing, it also sends a signal to his guys. Say, don't. I know these teams look like a punching bag. Don't take them lightly because they have Dante Pettis. So you have to like factor it in for Dante Pettis and and everybody else he mentioned, and the offensive line's playing well, which they're not. You know, so he's like, whatever position group you are, don't take this team lightly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's sending, yeah, it's sending a message to your to your team for sure. Uh, anyway, I like the Pats as a uh, best bet in the Patriots uh, in that teaser. I just think it's going to be a, a bloodbath. And I, I do agree with RJ. Like, this is one where that line is going to move towards if Mac Jones is announced back, it's going to go up to like eight or nine. So if you like the Pats, go ahead and get it in now. All right, let's do some rapid fire picks. Well, now I, I do have a second. Yeah, part we're, 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 we're moving pretty quickly in general. So we'll just do, I mean, just, you know. Yeah, okay. Well, the second part of my teaser is on the Cowboys in case you. Yep. Lions at the Cowboys. Cowboys minus seven over under 49. The Lions are giving up 34 points per game at 428.6 yards per game. That would be the second worst points per game in yards per game in the Super Bowl era if that if that holds on. Uh, the last time the Lions won on the road was week 13 in 2020. Their leading rusher was Adrian Peterson. Cowboys, 24 sacks through six games is their most in that first six games since 1987. Crazy. You like the Cowboys in a teaser, huh? Yeah, I do. I think you know they're this defense is so bad for and, and Dak is back for sure. By the way, what's that? Dak is one hundred percent back. Like, yeah, he's back. He's going to play, and that means that the passing game will open up down the field, which it had, which it didn't do with Cooper Rush. He was nothing exposed for being nothing more than a backup. That's what he is. Dak Prescott's a better player. They'll get some shots down the field, which they haven't been getting. And against that defense, they're going to score. But I, I'm going to make it the second part of my teaser minus uh, the one. If, if we're confident in Dak South, over is the way to look in the, in the again in a Detroit yep. game. Uh, but Detroit covered four straight off their bye last year as the run game took over. I think they could have something similar here. I think their offensive line is good enough to to maybe give the the Dallas defensive line a little bit of problems. And if Dak is rusty, maybe Detroit covers. My lean is to Detroit plus seven. Lean is to the over. Didn't love either one. Yeah, I wanted to take the over as a best bet here. <laughs> With another over. Who, who didn't want another over? But the issue is that Dak's hand – Remember that Russell Wilson game against the Packers when he came back early last year with it with a hand injury? That's a hard, it's a hard. I mean, like it's it's just hard to predict how good the Dallas offense will be. And I think that if they get any kind of lead, they will try and run Zeke as much as possible. Run Zeke, run Tony Pollard as much. By as the possible. way, just for a footnote to the game, Zeke Elliott is the start of the week this week for Jamie Eisenberg. Oh boy, oh boy. And he's and he needs one. He's been over two the last two weeks. He needs one. So you're saying he's a loser. <laughs> uh, I would lean towards the uh, line. By the way, Brady Quinn took that and made it national the other day on his uh, pregame show on Fox. He, he did? Yeah, yeah. I called he said loser. Yeah, I called him out for it. Did he Did he give you credit? No. Uh, shaking my head. Um, SMH, or as the kids say. Texans at the Raiders. Another seven-point game. Raiders minus seven over under 40. Five and a half, Pete. Yeah, this is a have to for the for the Raiders if they're to be anything this season. And I think uh, this is a perfect spot to become something, at least for this week. And so I'll take the Raiders minus the points. 
My power ratings have them uh, Raiders around average, but they haven't proven it in their record. Not often you see a one and four team with seven point favorites. I mean, there's probably a reason for it. Um, Houston in a good situation though, coming off a bye like the Raiders on the road. I think that that helps them out. They could surprise with two weeks to prepare. So I didn't want to go all in on the Raiders, but I lean that way. Uh, another over for me, the Raiders have allowed 23 plus points every game this season. Uh, Nico Collins, second in the NFL in yards per catch, but no touchdowns. Interesting. Texas also 29th in rush defense DVOA, and Josh Jacobs playing very well. 6.1 yards per carry in the last three games. Uh, Damian Pierce leading all rookies with rushing yards. I will take the over 45 and a half. I think we got a little – I like maybe a like maybe a galaxy brain Davis Mills, Josh Jake, Davis Mills stack of Josh Jacobs sort of, uh, sort of DFS setup. I could see that being something I do and then it fails miserably on Sunday jets at the Broncos Broncos minus one and over under of 38. We have to assume we'll see how the line moves. The line was Broncos minus three. And then the Russell Wilson stuff came out and the line shifted down to one. Um, I mean, obviously Russell makes a huge difference in this game. I would assume he does. does. He? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If he yeah. plays, they're worse. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that does he? <laughs> I mean, that mean, the Jets will be favored if he plays. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, he's played poorly, but I, look, this is a great spot for the Broncos in my mind. And you got another team coming off an enormous win back out on the road again against a defense that's played really well. Um, I think this is a spot for the Broncos. I'll take the Broncos one of my best bets. Denver's defense playing very good against the pass and on third down, so I can't see the Jets scoring much here. Wilson is not playing well, but I still think it's a big drop to Rippon, considering that Hackett is the one you know, calling the shots. You think about how bad Wilson's played, but he's probably saved them on some drives too from some whatever nonsense that Hackett is doing behind the scenes. Um, so if you have Rippon there, I don't think you get that. Um, if Wilson plays, I looked at back Denver before it gets back to three. Um, I, I put the Jets as a teaser at two and a half in my teaser column when it started to come down. Um, so I still like the Jets as a teaser if you're getting in that one and a half, two, two and a half range, considering how bad the Broncos offense has looked. Yeah, Jets defense is legit. Quinn Williams, man, what a uh, what a season for him so far. He, oh, he's, he's been monster. He's can't block him. Uh, I couldn't actually find him. Uh, I, if we talk, we Brady, Brady and I talked about this briefly, but like that's it. He's a good look for defensive player of the year, right? Is that by the way? Somebody told me he got a bad grade last week. Garrett Wilson had a higher grade than him in PFF last week. Did you not, did you not see what happened? It, what PFF changed the grade and moved it up 16 points? 16, it was like 74. They moved it up to 90. But that's look, they see what they want to see. I, I think they, I think so. I think they basically apologize, right? That grade didn't meet our standards. We're sorry. Sorry. Uh, all right. Pete's got the Broncos as a best bet there. Billy, stop telling me to move on. We're going quickly through these games. This podcast is flying. Packers minus five at the Commandos over under 41 and a half. Taylor Heineke will start. Last win for Green Bay was the 2016 wild card game. Last, last win for Green Bay in Washington. Excuse me. Um, this is the worst record in Aaron Rodgers' career through four games through, through six games. He's been three and three four times. Just has Tom Brady. Washington tie one most sacks allowed in the NFL. Packers dead last in DVOA against the run. Is it a Brian Robinson explosion game, Pete? Yes, it is. And he's gonna he's gonna have just like Kenneth Walker has the big day against the Chargers. Brian Robinson has the big day against the Packers. Packers will win the game, but Brian Robinson and his ability to run the football and, and Heineke can run it too. They're going to keep him in the game. So I'm going to take the five as one of my best bets. 
I didn't downgrade Washington power rating at all with Heineke at quarterback over Wentz, considering how Wentz has played. I don't think that's really a downgrade. Shocking how much Green Bay's offense is struggling, only four yards per play at home against the Jets D. Um, Washington's defense couldn't stop the run against Chicago. They should get pressure on Aaron Rodgers. I would lean to Washington, too. Yeah. I, uh, by the way, is, is um, what happens if Washington wins this game? Like, what, I mean, the national, like the, the conversations around Aaron Rodgers on Monday would, or, and the Packers would be kind of like hilarious to watch. Well, I mean, if they lost the game and Brian Robinson ran for 220, it's not going to be around him. It's not going to be on Rodgers. Yeah, it's going to be on that. It's going to be on Joe Barry. <laughs> might see some. Well, it uh, depends. Is, is, does Robinson run for 220 and Washington win 38 to 10, or do they win 38 35? You know, if he, runs, if he runs for 220 and he wins 38 to 28, then Rodgers throws right. for 330 and three, and then it's on all about Joe Barry. Yeah. Would love to know who he's throwing to to get three, 330 and three. I mean, we get some. One thing they've done is they've simplified. The, they, you know, when you said they simplified it, remember all of they went back, they started. Rodgers used to hate the guys, Packer receivers have told me that way back in the day. He hated the movement, the pre snap movement. Right. He likes got two over here, one over here, go run your ISO route. Well, they got away from that the last couple of years. And, and, but now because he doesn't trust those guys, they're getting back to it more. Oh, so you think that when he's saying simplify, when he said we need to simplify things, what he's saying is, hey, Matt, stop using motion, stop using pre snap motion. Rodgers never liked it. That's what the Packers, some of those Packers receivers told me that way back in the interesting. day. Um, interesting. I had something to say, but I can't. I forgot what it was. Uh, anyway, I got no best bet on that. Pete's got the Commandos plus five. RJ, you got any look-aheads for week eight? I like 49ers plus two and a half at the Rams. I have this at uh, Pick'em with the Rams not looking great, but they'll be off the bye, so they get that advantage there, even though they're at home, and you kind of like teams being on the road when coming off the bye. If San Fran loses to Kansas City this week, have to figure they'll be desperate for a win. Maybe if that they lose and it, they look really bad, the line goes up and we can get a better value at three. But let, since I have the my ratings at Pick'em, I think two and a half is, is the number to get on right now. All right, I dig it. Let's recap our best bets. Pete's best bets. Jaguars minus three commandos plus five, a Pats Cowboys teaser that gets the Pats to minus one and a half and the Cowboys to minus one. I believe Broncos minus one Steelers plus seven Seahawks plus six RJ's best bets. Chalky RJ Baltimore minus six and a half KC minus two and a half Miami minus seven Atlanta since he over 47 and a half Tampa Bay Carolina under 40 and a half. That's just looks like a great bet. Uh, teaser Indy plus eight and a half in New England minus one and a half. That also looks great. I like those, RJ. My best bets Titans minus two and a half, Jaguars minus three. I'm really chalky. Bucks minus 11, Falcons over 47 and a half, Ravens over 45 and a half, Seahawks over 51, Patriots minus seven and a half, and a Pats and uh, 49ers teaser. A lot of bets this week. You really are. You really are chalky. You got all big. You got favorites and overs. You're yeah, chalky. To, to, to the listeners, Brinson likes my bets. Parlay the other side of all of them, and you'll be a <laughs> sure winner. <laughs> That's right. Slam the uh, what you had. The, what we have the over that we both like the Atlanta Cincy over forty seven and a half. Mm-hmm. I think that one actually climbs up a little bit because the weather looks nice. All right, that'll do it for us. We gotta get a let's get a good week. We need a good week. We do. If we all go, if we all finish above 500 this week, we'll run back to the parlay in week eight. One time. Yes. Good deal. That's, that is our Are promise you? to you. Nine times out of 10, you'll be the one dragging us down and we won't be doing it. Probably <laughs> 10 out of 10, but that's fine. <laughs> Hitting a parlay is less of a long shot than us all finishing over 500, apparently. We're way less. <laughs> way yeah, way way like, a money line, like a money line parlay of all like minus 400 favorites is way less of a possibility for us. All above 500. All right. That'll do it for us for the Best Bet Show. 
Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. For Pete, for RJ, I'm Brinson. We will see you guys later.